2: Hey, this is Dan Hansis alongside Chris Wessling. Hey Dan. Mark Sessler and the boss Greg Rosenthal. We're the Around the NFL
3: podcast. Check us out three times a week as we discuss the latest NFL news as it happens. Always, of course, with a touch of mirth. Subscribe at NFL.com slash podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher.
1: It's like pepperoni pizza or sausage, you know? What do you like better? I like vanilla and chocolate.
4: Howie Roseman, Wheeler and Dealer Alex Galhar, Handsome Hank and me Dave Damaschke in Studio 66. We have much to get to today, very busy in the world of football and beyond. Let's start with this important issue though, Alex Galhar, chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate.
5: Handsome? This I I said this yesterday. There's a big disparity in vanilla. Like good vanilla, good vanilla can be great. Average vanilla can be vanilla. So, I would take good vanilla over chocolate. Chocolate is chocolate. No,
4: that is incorrect. Chocolate also has a huge it range. It has a range.
5: It. You're right. It has a range, but not as and wide. Just not better. as wide as vanilla. No, a delicious dark
4: chocolate, yeah. a nice high-end, a flourless chocolate cake wait, over. Wait, We're
5: talking about ice cream here, Dave. You can't take chocolate off in a different direction here. I see. I cake
4: i got you no you know what if we're sticking to ice cream you're right i think i don't know that i've ever had a sublime chocolate not ice cream. cream right but I you do can think, have
5: a great vanilla one
4: all right next up I, although i do think that howie roseman goes a little too far with his analogy or metaphor or whatever this counts as who likes a uh, chocolate and vanilla equally that's not the uh, howie roseman implies goff wentz Chocolate, vanilla—you know, whichever. Six of one half dozen of the other.
2: Inaccurate. No. What human being has the exact same feelings towards chocolate and vanilla ice cream? Let's just be glad he didn't really muddle the waters and say he loves Neapolitan. Right. It's strawberry in the mix, That's too,
4: my argument. If that—if chocolate and vanilla were equally loved, why isn't Neapolitan still being served everywhere you go? It's you don't funny. see it's it gone, well. hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It has. Or maybe we can indict strawberry. The, uh, the red headed or the pink headed uh, stepchild. Next up, pepperoni or sausage, handsome Hank?
5: Uh, I go pepperoni on that one.
4: Yeah, I think I agree. I'm going to
2: go chalk and say pepperoni as well.
4: Well, I have to give the buzzer to both of you on that one. Trick question, as I've said many times before, and as you know from the Shecky Awards, the best pizza topping is, of course, meatball. Yeah. If it's a proper right. meatball. If it's a meatball that then they've sliced and put on top of the pizza, that's the winning move there. Yeah. All right, we've handled those important issues. Now let's get to the world of football. Start the show. <laughs> yes, hi and hello, football fans. It's time for the DDFP. We have much to get to. The mock draft, Howie Roseman encourages us to play Inspector Clouseau, so we shall do that. Game of Thrones starts this weekend. We want to get a little preview. Get up to speed. Alex Galhar, not just a fantasy guru, but also knowledgeable. He's read all the books even. I mean, who reads books anyway? Guru
2: in fantasy literature too, you might say.
4: Uh well Good done, well done, and uh, we have to come close. I don't think we're going to complete it, but the all-time draft of 2016 rolls on to the picks 26 through 30. Juicy stuff upcoming there, but first, let's talk about it. Prince Handsome Hank, you're a music aficionado. Prince, what do what's your uh, – What's your reaction to it? I
5: like Prince. I have always I was always a, pra- a fan of Prince. I saw Prince play at Wembley Stadium once. Did you really? March. Wow. He's How cool. Somewhere back there. That was cool. He played the Super Bowl halftime show, and we just pulled up a, a clip on NFL.com that we had from a show that I had earlier in this year around Super Bowl 50 that was kind of behind the scenes of his his um, Super Bowl performance. And if you remember, it was Super Bowl 41 in Miami where it rained a ton before, on the day of the game and during. And they have this uh, anecdote, apparently the person who's producing the show calls Prince and says, Hey Prince, uh, hope it's okay. It's raining out here like there was anything anyone could do about it. And Prince's response was, Can you make it rain harder? Nice. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty cool. So Gelhart. that's one of my probably top. Three I you know I'm Super Bowl halftime performances. I, I am not. Uh, I, I I was
4: never a Prince diehard guy, right. but I, I I appreciated it sort of like I might uh, a painting, even if I'm not. Uh, you know I, I the thing with Prince is according to all people who real who make music, you will never find anybody who doesn't rank him in the top two or three greatest
2: musicians,
4: greatest artists of the last 40 or 50 years legitimately.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to say my Prince anecdote was when I was younger, I started playing guitar. And I started because I heard like Eddie Van Halen and some of those other guys. And then as I was learning more, people were mentioning Prince in the same breath as one of these guitar virtuosos. And I was like, really, Prince? Like Little Red Corvette. But then you dive into the catalog. The guy can shred. He was, as you said, he he played 27 different instruments on one of his albums. He was just... (laughs) A musical genius, and and we lost a great one today.
4: Yeah, and, you know, I I hear a lot of people, this leads people, and I don't think it's cavalier about the man's overall existence, but, you know, of course, if you're a music maker, people then start to cite, did you see him? Like Handsome just did there. He's seen him, so you saw him in Wembley, and you saw him at the Super Bowl.
5: I wasn't at the Super Bowl. I saw him on television at the Super
4: Bowl. yeah, it summons those. I, I hear a lot of people immediately talking about,
5: oh, I was I, I meant to go and see
4: him a few right. weeks ago. I had a chance, and I missed it. And the, wh- Have you missed a show like that? Have you seen Prince Gellhardt? Prince was
2: one of the ones I've missed. Uh, yeah. So th- I've been trying, actually, the last couple of years to get out and see more concerts, funny enough, and I got to see the Eagles play live at the Forum here in Los Angeles uh, cool. only a handful of months before Glenn Frey passed away this year as well. So Boy, 2016,
5: feels like, yeah, 2016. is the all it's been time. a rough year. You're hungry for celebrities, hasn't it? Mid- but it's mid-April. Just uh, right. Uh, the Reaper uh, just came and
2: was like, i him,
5: him, him, and him." I, right. Merle right. Haggard. Right. Fife Dog. Yep. David Bowie. Glen um, Fry. Glen Fry was Glenn Fry this year, or was it? I right at, he was it, this end year. Like, it might probably was. Were, no, Glen Fry, I was, believe, was is early is this 2016.
4: Year. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's an it's awful run we're on, and you know, I think that uh, I fear I'm never going to see Paul McCartney. Not that I ne- need to see Paul McCartney play his uh, his solo hits, but I was in New Orleans at another Super Bowl in, and uh, it was the Rams and Patriots Super Bowl. So fifteen years right. or so ago, and
5: you uh, too, right? I don't.
4: Yeah, it was you 2 that's, that's exactly it right. That
5: it was after 9-11, and they had a pretty emotional halftime show. One of the one of the great. Exactly well. right. And
4: the night of the Super Bowl, so the Super Bowl had uh, had wrapped up a couple hours before, and me and some chums were sitting in, a, in one of the two hotel bars. This one was in the belly, in the, in the bowels of the hotel. It was, uh, it was in, uh, I guess, uh, the, the underneath the ground floor, subterranean. Okay. And we were in there, and it was kind of – I remember Marv Levy was in there. That's, uh, that was the thing that stood out to me about that. The next morning – I learned that directly above us in the other bar, George Harrison, I mean not George Harrison, Paul McCartney got into that bar. There was a grand piano, and he impromptu sat down and played for 45 minutes.
3: Can you imagine?
4: Jeez. That's cool. Can you imagine being in, the, in a hotel and Paul McCartney comes in and starts playing Beatles hits for you? No, I was downstairs with Marv Levy. Yes, black tie <laughs> behind the glass.
6: Well, yeah, just in, uh, going back to Prince, I wasn't the most prolific Prince listener, but that guy's style and or was impeccable, and of course, he gave—you know—he's part of the part of the reason for the, one of the most memorable skits in comedy history with the uh, Dave Chappelle. Uh, yep. You know, you know uh, game blouses skit. And then I'm sure a generation of people and kids probably just remember him just for that. And, I mean, the guy, like I said, his aura was impeccable.
2: Which is, is steeped in actual history. Prince was a great high school basketball player despite yeah, of, only being yeah. five two. Is that true? Yep, he was like their sixth or seventh man. They said, oh, he would have been a starter had it not been for that being like a historically great class in that high school. But he was a tremendous athlete and was like a great basketball player in high school as well. Do you think
5: I, when you die people will be talking about you as a tremendous athlete who was the 6th or 7th seventh, seventh player <laughs> cuz you do always talk about that or you, you free throw shooter. mention it. I know.
4: I feel a little ghoulish having that conversation today by by how I'll be remembered, but I think the correct answer is is that no one will care at all. <laughs> wow, well, did you hear about that? Huh? Whew, I, that's I that's too bad. Him. That's too bad. Well, is somebody going to take over his show? Yeah. <laughs> a handsome hank football program welcome all um yeah i once uh, the the one thing i did see was prince and uh, i can confirm the 5 foot 2 status my uh you know david Feeney, of course from uh, daves of thunder and uh, and i went out one night the one time i've ever gone clubbing in my life we
2: went to can't even think of the name of the joint
4: it's on sunset boulevard the velvet rope it's the original place it's outside swimming pool it was a very oh, hip uh,
2: the standard or is it no no it
4: was before all that there was it was it was the first place that i heard like oh yeah people go and uh we went to i can't think of the name of it i wonder if it's even still around but it's the one and only time i've ever done the velvet rope thing and all that and uh feeny and i went in there and and uh Prince was off in a corner. It was mostly outside, but the, he was in a cabana and it was completely empty. And yet they have had him velvet roped in there, and no <laughs> one, no human being was anywhere close to Prince. He was sitting in a huge booth by himself with three or four security guards standing near the velvet ropes. No one near Prince, the only human being um, that you could see in there. And David Feeney and I. Uh, stood there and had a drink and watched Prince sit there. I will say, I just want to chime in
2: on showing some of the footage from that clip that Henry was talking about. I watched it earlier today, and it is tremendous. His halftime performance was so good good. at that Super Bowl. It
5: really was really good.
4: Yeah, so, yeah, and it's one of those things to me as I look through social media today, I didn't realize how significant Prince was to the general public. He's one of those guys. I mean, Michael Jackson I might have anticipated – the the devastation i'm kind of surprised that he had this big an impact on so many people prince or that his music meant so much to him but another uh, another sad one in uh, the world of music here in 2016 let's move on Now, and by the way, the Dave Damaschek Football Program presented by McDonald's and uh, more from McDonald's coming up with the all-time draft of 2016 in just a bit. Right now, let's get back to the big day that was Wednesday in April, once again proving amidst NHL playoffs and NBA playoffs and baseball season now in full swing. Suddenly the NFL is uh, is at the top of the sports page. Howie Roseman swinging a big deal with the Cleveland Browns. And uh, here's a little bit more from him on that, who he's going to take with that second pick.
1: It's like um, Inspector Clouseau. You're going to have to connect the dots there, Alas.
4: You know, this intrigues me. So let's jump into it here, and I think let's take the bait and let's play a three-headed Inspector Clouseau right. here and see if we can divine. Everybody's doing their mock drafts, and so let's do a uh, a modified mock draft. Let's get at least get through eight picks here if we can, fellas, okay. and try and suss out what Howie Roseman plans on doing. Now, we did hear in advance of this deal – that this was in the works for a couple or a few days. Daniel Jeremiah, of course, a.k.a. Move the Sticks. You watch him on path to the draft, buzzing about the possibility of this happening. And now, so it has. The thing that is curious to me, and we talked about it earlier in the week, handsome Hank, is now what are the Eagles planning to do with that second pick? Because we we, we couldn't really divine what the Rams were trying to do. The Rams say they're uncertain, although 97% sure. Are we to assume that the Eagles somehow through back channels do know what the Rams are planning on doing at number one? Would they make a deal up to number two? And are we to believe Howie Roseman is really
5: like, well, whichever guy falls to us? I mean, well, first of all, Inspector Clouser was not very competent. <laughs> so, so I don't know what we're trying to do here, but if we if we want to really de- uh, dig in, like I I I think I think it's intriguing the idea that maybe they're not after a quarterback at all. They really like Ezekiel Elliott. Remember, they've already traded up once in the first round. I floated that very idea, sure. And, and maybe they believe they have to get ahead of the Cowboys, for example, to do that. I think that's fanciful. Probably, it's fun to speculate about, but I think they are, you know, quarterback. Th- there was it seemed pretty obvious from his press conference yesterday and at this time of year who knows people are lying all the time but let's assume he's going to pick a quarterback the tea leaves are that goff is going number 1 to the rams and i think you know our our, um, our intrepid reporter mike silver who's pretty well connected with the rams and with the Browns, who used to hold that number 2 pick kind of pointed us all in that direction about a week ago now uh, so let's assume that the rams are going goff i think the 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 conclu- logical conclusion is that they want and they're going to get. And, but then, but wins. then Adam Schefter muddies
4: the waters even more for me by saying Paxton Lynch is one of the great beneficiaries of this deal, and what exactly that means, I'm not sure. But is that an hey. indication that the Eagles were considering Paxton Lynch
2: there? Get well, I think on. that means that his stock he could climb up to eight now with the Browns trading back, or somebody else is going to have to trade up to get him. So by them by the Eagles leapfrogging up and for sure taking quarterback at two, because you don't give up that kind of draft capital that they did unless you're taking a quarterback and unless you know who you're going to get. So I think through back channel deals, Sneed and Roseman have bumped Fistman, like, All right, I'm gonna take Goff, you're gonna take Wentz, good to go. So I don't I don't think they had jumped that highly, but I think the reason Lynch his stock has risen is because now, much like we saw in what was it, twenty eleven where the Vikings traded up and the right. Titans traded up is that The run on quarterbacks is starting so early. If anybody wants Lynch, there are teams like the 49ers that could take them at seven. The Browns, the Jets. All these other teams that are sitting in the middle rounds now have you know, could have their phones ringing a lot on draft day for people trying to trade up and get Lynch.
5: All right, I I think the big winners are probably the Chargers who, you know, uh, Laramie Tunsil, I think everyone has agreed. I get it's not as exciting as the quarterbacks, but there was a reason that every single mock for several months had Laramie Tunsil at the top of the draft is because he's the best player in this draft, or at least at this point that's the way he's considered. That's how I, I feel. The Chargers, bit- Phil Rivers must be feeling like you know i'm his age whatever he's got 15 children but he can probably going to play another couple years cuz he's going to get that protection on his backside that he hasn't had for the last few years
4: it is amazing that the four best players in the draft the earliest any of them's going to go is at number 3 number 3 exactly it's it, it's fascinating in that and regard and probably
5: more i haven't seen anyone who has went And
4: by the way, regarding high-end talent being available, what do we think before we jump into our little mock here on Josh Norman, where does he land Alex Gellhart?
2: He's an interesting one because the whole reason he's not in Carolina anymore is because he wanted too much money. So when you're looking at potential fits, you have to look at teams that are even going to have the cap space, and there's a few. Jacksonville has the space to get him. They just refurbished that defense. That might be kind of fun. Uh, the Giants could go out and get him, which would be dangerous for that division. Well,
4: that's the dream,
2: right? If dream, you enjoy yeah. melodrama, yep. his Odell and uh,
4: confrontation with Odell Beckham, absolutely. for him, to, for he and his uh, baseball bat to walk into the Giants' locker room like, hey, fellas, remember me, would be, uh, would be great fun.
2: I think they would bury the hatchet being as great of players as they are and having aspirations of winning a title. But uh, the 49ers, too, apparently Josh wouldn't mind coming and playing in California. Yep. They've got a lot of cap space and need some help on that defense.
5: I could see Jerry um, opening the checkbook and, and trying to bring him to Dallas. I, I think Jacksonville makes sense. This is a guy who grew up in Carolina, went to coastal Carolina, played for the Panthers. If he... If he wants to stay home, Jacksonville's pretty much about as close as he's going to get right now with, with the teams that are, are probably able to pay for him.
4: I always get caught up in the literal dollar figures, and I'm terrible at math to begin with. So when people start doing the thing, you see the Patriots do it quite a bit, which is to suddenly find this money, and it's how do they do it? How do they continue to restructure and negotiate so that they can slip a guy in there with, uh, with, with at that dollar figure? But it would seem in literal financial terms terms. The te- there are only so many teams that can throw the kind of loot that Josh Norman's looking for. I do say, caveat emptor, though, when teams do this, that's a, that should be a red flag, I think. I think Gettleman's willingness to part ways with right. Josh Norman, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does go back to the Panthers if, jo- I mean, then that's going to be predicated on whether or not jo- Josh Norman has any better options. I think he certainly now is going to be motivated. A guy who has a chip on his shoulder, now it's going to be an entire bag of chips on his shoulder. Um to try and show them up. But I do think people should be wary of that. You know, it's, a you know, Bucky Brooks, Ike Taylor, Maurice Jones-Drew. These guys all point to the fact that Josh Norman – I guess you could make that – people were saying that same thing about Richard Sherman a year or two ago, but it's, he might be a system guy. He might not be a guy you just throw out on an island. There's no evidence to suggest that that's what you can do with Josh Norman.
5: It's funny you make that link with Sherman. One of our producers here who worked with Steve Smith when he was on um, NFL Network earlier in the year said that he was asking Steve Smith about Josh, Moore, Josh Norman, who, remember, has been around for a while in the league and just didn't really show up for He's the first He's 28, years. He's 28 years old. Exactly, and uh, he was asking, you know, where did Josh Norman come from? And he said that Josh Norman is a very, very smart guy who has worked out and saw Richard Sherman was able to parlay kind of being a loudmouth and and everything else into a bigger contract and and recognition around the NFL, especially going into this contract year. And basically, he said. Uh, Steve Smith, uh, in you know his inimitable way, said that uh, Josh Norman's like the dog that you hear yapping behind a door, and you're like, Oh, I'm a bit scared to go in there. And then you open the door, and it's actually a chihuahua. <laughs> and he's like, Josh Norman isn't that guy. He is not the brash, bold, trash talking guy that he seems to be when he's on the field. And, and kind of, you know, we would have noticed that before last season, right? If that was the case. It's just that he's taken on this personality, and he's going to translate it into a massive contract. And well, now like I hope Richard the Ravens
4: play whoever Josh. Josh Norman uh, suits up for in 2016. Now I have that to, to root for as well. Yeah, we'll see uh, where Josh Norman lands. Although, I, you know, I, I it will be interesting. I guess there's, you know, Marcus Allen was allowed to walk out the door for nothing and then, uh, you know, tormented the Raiders for years to come. But I think most of the time when you see uh, a GM get – Behave in this sort of glib manner about it. Yeah, we're all right without him. You know, yep. I, the rest of the league should uh, should pay attention to that. But yeah, to your point, handsome. I did not think. Well, I, I talked to him a month ago, Josh Norman, who was in here. Yeah, he was a he was a pleasant yeah. guy. Had Smart guy. No swagger guy. to right. him. I I did though have him try to negotiate with a stuffed uh, Carolina Panther doll, not <laughs> knowing that he wouldn't. Ap- uh, ultimately resolve his issues with Gattelman and company. Go back and <laughs> maybe have more one. luck
5: with the, with the stuffed doll. All
4: right, let's get to it. Then at number one, we're going to lock in golf. Now that's, right. that's a done deal. I think that we can assume that that's right. Although we're either Rams, I would still go Wentz, but this is what they're going to do. It seems clear. And as far as that goes, handsome, do you suppose that our colleagues, or one, or maybe both. Do you suppose Mike Silver and Daniel Jeremiah are somehow informing each other, uh, informing these teams of this? Do you think that Mike Silver's knowledge is enough for the Eagles to say, well, Mike Silver must know, because could, could Howie Roseman be sitting in Philadelphia and saying, well, that Mike Silver, you know, he's been in the, been covering the NFL for a long time, and he's tied in with the with the Rams, and he's tied he's been in their war room the last couple of years, and he knows Hugh Jackson. I think this is enough for me to assume if he's reporting it, it must be true.
5: I, I mean, I'm sure that happens to some extent, but I think the of more, the easier way for it to happen is for Harry Roseman to pick up the phone and 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 find out. Right. I mean, I don't think I think if if the Rams do know who they're picking now, and let's assume that they. They're most of the way there then i i don't think it i don't you know there's there's between gms i think that phone call gets you think made.
4: professional courtesy you think less needs like all right just don't tell anybody but yeah i think i mean
5: i think here. to some extent that that yeah, or he's happens. got a
2: staffer he's like you yeah. know you know your sister's second cousin it works on the rams like call them and find out who they're gonna take all right so at
4: number two alex galhar Who are the Philadelphia Eagles going to take?
2: They're going to take Carson Wentz. You don't trade up that high to not take a quarterback, and they're in a good situation right now to let a guy that needs a little time to develop coming out of a smaller school. He's got all the tools, but he needs to grow a little bit. Let him sit on the bench behind Bradford and Chase Daniels for a year. We've seen it work with a lot of guys in the past, like Phillip Rivers, Carson Palmer, and – that guy in Green Bay is doing all right after sitting on the bench for a couple of years.
4: I know there are some examples of it, but really they moved heaven and earth to get a guy that they're go- in 2016 not going to start. Keep in mind, this is free agency. This is uh, the age of free agency. As I always point out, I know that teams tend to – the one player that they do lock in for the entirety of, of his career is the quarterback. If they think he's the franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. they throw money at him to keep him um, – you know, in the organization. But still, so you're going to basically redshirt him in his rookie season? Now you have three years left to evaluate the guy.
2: Yeah, you know? I'm okay with that. Because if he if he works out then, too, it's all it's all justified. And both, the core of their roster is young and under contract now. Guys like Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz, their line is pretty young and under contract, their defense as well. They're not in a rush. It's a long-term move. And who's to say that if Wentz... Wentz, uh sits for the first couple games. Maybe Sam Bradford gets injured. We know he's Maybe. not the, the Could pinnacle happen. of hell. I don't know. It then he can unlikely. step in like Blake Bortles did. The Jags wanted to sit right. Blake Bortles his entire first year, but Chad Henney was so bad that they had to force Bortles in and we actually saw Bortles regress as a player in his freshman in his you know first year in the NFL.
4: No jive. I really the guy I feel bad for is Chase Daniel. I feel bad for him. He got because he got sold he's a, a bad bill of goods. What, but Doug wait. Peterson his pal like, not come with me. You're going to be our backup. Now he's a third stringer. He's getting millions of dollars to wild. put on a jersey. I guess that's nice. Yeah, that's a good thing. I
5: I would be a – what do you do? Hey, come on, Coach Pete. You you get me to move all the way out here, and now I'm a third string bum. If you want to restructure my contract with the DDFP to pay (laughs) me millions of dollars not to appear on the show, I'm willing to do it. But you do that because it's a passion. It is a passion.
4: Hey, here's my passion. Reenactments, or not reenactments, but hypotheticals. Right now, handsome Hank, you are Doug Peterson, Alex Gelhar – you are now Chase? Sam Bradford, and you have to break the news, Handsome, that, uh, hey, this long-term thing probably ain't going to work out for you in Philly here.
2: Hey, Sam, come on in. What's up, Coach? How you doing? I'm doing all right. It's good to see you. Excited for this season. Can't I know. Late. It's going to
5: be a great one. We're really excited about it as well, but probably for a different reason to you. Oh, yeah? Well, we just made a trade. Oh, um, and, uh, it, we were thinking like my first reaction was, Hey, let's trade up for someone who can really protect Sam.
2: Okay. I like but that. then
5: we thought, actually, no, let's get someone who can replace Sam. Oh, so we <laughs> have got, a, we're, we're going to trade up. We think, well, we don't really care who we get. Cause either one of these guys is probably going to be better than you. So Wentz <laughs> Goff, chocolate, pepperoni doesn't really matter to me. You're going to replace him with pepperoni. <laughs> right. Uh, so right. we are going to be replacing you, but the good news is we want you to stick around and mentor this guy. The good news is I'm going to take
2: my 22 million dollars and run. Then <laughs> after a year or two,
5: yeah, I mean, but we'll help you run. As good, well. we're okay. going to be literally actively pushing you while you're running. All right, boy, oh good. boy,
2: that was very. Your
4: bedside manner is terrible, Coach. You better. You're the you're the lead guy now. You got to right. know how to handle your players okay. a little bit better. Than Sorry. <laughs> Their coach. All right. At number
2: three, are we going to say Tunsil? Tunsil. Straight. They're, I, they're sprinting up with. The, I think uh, they should go Ramsey. They need help in the, they need help in the back end, and they have a lot of money already invested at the tackle positions. Or they trade back, let somebody else come up again.
5: Well, that's a possibility, and that could still happen anytime now. I but but. The Chargers have a nice secondary, so that uh, 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 they've spent a lot of first-round picks recently or early picks recently on the secondary. But I just I think Eric Weddle's
2: no longer there, and like Jason Ferret was very good. They signed Casey Hayward from the Packers, but Jalen Ramsey's like that chess piece that you can just move all over the field. They can get him in, come in and have him play safety. They can have him play cornerback. It's a versatile piece on that defense. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't begrudge them for going Tunsil.
4: Yeah, I think I might. Well, although we also are hearing buzz that the Chargers are trying to trade down themselves.
5: I, so. think, I mean, I think that's the smartest thing because I think anyone who's coming up probably isn't going to be taking tons. They have a good opportunity to... If Tunsil's the best tackle, there are other tackles. as Ronnie Stanley, there's Jack Conklin. There are guys who are down there who are probably not a lot worse. If a tackle is what they want, and then to Alex's point, otherwise they move down a few spots and just go for the best player around.
4: I, by the way... believe, and we've talked about it a lot over the last six months or so, that uh, I'm with Gettleman at this point. You see the teams that are getting to the Super Bowls the last five years. Read the tea leaves. Look at the recent history. The teams that are sound on both uh, both sides of the line of scrimmage, it's not fun, but the teams that have the depth there are the ones that seem to keep getting to the Super Bowls there. So operate with that as your guiding principle. I think Laramie Tunsell is going to be the Chargers pick. Cowboys at four, all of a sudden now, they have no one to rush the passer with now two guys going down yeah. from suspensions The fours. I, I feel like you can't take best player available if you're Jerry you got to take you got to go need here and probably
2: Joey, Joey Bosa.
5: I think I think that's what it points to. I think you're exactly right. They're still letting Ramsey
2: fall. They could use help in the secondary. JJ Wilcox gets burned for a living back there.
5: But it, I mean, it doesn't matter. He's going to continue to get burnt for a living if they can't get any pass rush. There's no, there is no one who can get pressure on the quarterback. On that. I,
4: I a lot of scouts that uh, we talk to in here say that Joey Bosa is going to be revealed in the NFL to be just another guy. He's a, that just he's, like his dad. Although he is going to have the benefit, presumably, that when Randy Gregory gets back, then you know that then he can be the second. Uh, the secondary threat there at number but although it's a shame to watch uh, Zeke Elliott go um, to to go by the boards because behind that offensive line I've been saying that for three months now Jerry's got to be salivating at the possibility of having that weapon in the backfield but I think out of need he kind of has to go against it I still won't be surprised though that's that's pretty juicy to drop Zeke Elliott in the backfield and just for 2016 in win now mode Just let's shoot it out with the rest of the league here. Let's play everybody 40-38 and see what happens here. Why not? That's that's what the Cowboys would do with Romo, Dez, and uh, Hyatt. Romo's
2: 36 coming off two collarbones. Got it. That window is closing.
4: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. At number five, who's number five, Hanson? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Jacksonville, that right.
5: What do you think? Miles Jacksonville.
4: You think that this is all smoke screen? Mile Jack says that it's all a smoke screen. The the knee I, reports I mean, are negative. Well,
5: he ha- he definitely injured his knee last year. That's not a lie. But no, to what extent it's still injured, I think that's the smoke screen.
4: I also think in the modified uh, twenty or in the twenty first century, expectations need to be modified. Guys aren't going to probably pay fifteen years. A lot of guys aren't going to play fifteen years anymore anyway. Do you gamble and take a guy who you might get a lot of bang out of, but for only six? or so years I uh, think
5: that's I mean it's, it's pro- possible yeah Ramsey
2: right. continues to slide I'm, I'm impressed that he continues to slide but I guess maybe the Ravens will scoop him up well at I seven, think that's actually.
5: where it stops I think the Ravens at seven take Jalen Ramsey and are probably thrilled that he he fell to them they and
2: he, race up with yeah, that card yeah, when yeah, they exactly. see Jalen Ramsey hey, fall to seven
5: remember Ed Reed? we just got that that's a, a sort of replacement for him
4: all right and that brings us to number eight let's round it out here fellas who are the Cleveland Browns going to use that pick on
2: Wait, are we just jumping the 49ers? Oh,
4: I'm 49ers, sorry, we jumped the 49ers. Yeah. I apologize. Yes, oh, I, I, I apologize, 49ers. <laughs> what are the Niners going to do?
2: That's a great question.
4: Yep. Could they
5: go Paxton Lynch?
2: Potentially. I just
5: think it's too early for Paxton Lynch. Is that a Chip Kelly kind of guy? I don't know. I, think I don't they, think so. When they've been good, they've had a good offensive line, which clearly hasn't been the case recently, and they lost more pieces from that this offseason. Maybe Ronnie, Ronnie
4: Stanley is the guy
2: there. Could I, yeah, I, they,
4: they, I can see they, that. Talk about what a team was predicated on in recent history. The Niners right. were built strong on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Maybe yeah. they try to get back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, Ronnie Stanley the is first he,
5: Buckner. Maybe they go last year they picked outside, an Oregon yep. defensive end in Eric Armstead. Maybe they get that guy uh, this time.
4: Um, all right, so now let's get to number eight. What do you think the Browns do here? Handsome? They've got needs all over the field. And this is the sound move. Apparently Hugh Jackson and company were listening to Damashek. They're not going to a Super Bowl no matter what. So the idea of them trying to draft a QB as the missing piece would have been ridiculous anyway.
5: You know what makes RG3 possibly better is getting Ezekiel Elliott here. I agree. Getting a running back and saying, all right, you know, you just have to hand off to this guy. We're not putting it all on your shoulders or whoever else's shoulders. We might draft somewhere later a Connor Cook or that kind of guy. So I could see them, you know, maybe taking Elliot
2: there. Yeah, and that's I, it for Isaiah Crowell. Isaiah well, Crowell's is not the answer. Duke Johnson's a <laughs> Duke great Johnson role player, is, though. Yeah, he caught be. like 60 passes right. last year. So you get a nice backfield of him as the, the Lightning yep. and Ezekiel Elliott as Thunder and kind of Lightning himself. That's fun. I don't see it. I don't understand
4: what what people are getting at. They have the thunder in Isaiah Crowell. I disagree with you that he isn't the answer there in you know first and second down. And I think that Duke Johnson is maybe in every down back, or at the very least, he is your third down back. You just went high on him a year ago to get Zeke he took Elliott. him in the third round. That's not high. All right, you're right. You know, I do think, and I will stand by this, I think Cardell Jones is a possibility for them at the top of three. I think that that third would third round. Yeah, I think that would be a good place mm-hmm. to grab him. Hugh Jackson probably could do some stuff with that kid, or maybe they go Christian Hackenberg. Well, if not Elliott, who
2: do you have them taking in the first round? Then
4: it's well, uh, do we have anybody? No, none of uh, none of our big guys slip down to there. Not like uh, Jalen Ramsey is off the board now. Um, I, I you know do Paxton they, Lynch seems like a possibility there. I th- Adam what, Schefter. What about getting
2: uh, RG three somebody to throw to? taking Josh Doxson or Corey Coleman or Laquan Treadwell?
4: Possibly. That's a step. Wow. That well, seems, that's probably being, down again. If they move down, down again, down again. that seems like overvaluing those guys.
5: I mean, you, the, the Sashi Brown uh, front office is probably saying, look, let's collect as many draft picks we want. So if there is a team that's interested in Paxton Lynch, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll trade down with you. Let's collect as many picks as we can. Absolutely. All right,
4: let's move on now. Game of Thrones starts on Sunday. We are a full service uh, program here. By the way, speaking of programs, Alex Gelhar, Mar- Marcus Grant, and others, James Co doing dynamite work on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Yes, they it's kind are. kind for you to say, Dave. They keep you. going twelve months a year, and in front of uh, in front of the draft and after, they're hipping you to what you need to know for your fantasy team. Especially important for those dynasty leagues. Absolutely. Keeping everything else. Make sure you tune into that one. We try to service not just the game of football here, but the game called life. And so let's talk about Game of Thrones. Galhar, you've read all the books, eh? I have.
2: I'm eagerly awaiting the sixth one, but uh, I have no idea when it's going to get here. There's no such thing as a sixth one. Right? No, he's working on it. He has he ages nev- as we discussed before the show.
4: We're working Black Tie behind the glass, and I are are working on getting one George R.R. R. Martin on this show. We've wow. been saying but, this for three years. I know. I know. Black Tie, like Black Tie has not made any let's just progress say, Let's
6: now. just say, no, there was an email that went out yesterday from my outlook. That was to judge our people, or kind of. Okay. So we're as close uh, as, as possible.
5: No, we're making some headway. Kind of. yeah. We'll get him on Skype. He doesn't need to come here. Right. And keep I on agree. writing
6: because I know he's busy. Hopefully, the uh, new mock draft that we have on NFL.com, yeah. or it's NFL.com, as Hank will say, um, oh, you know, what? well, you say NFL.com. Say NFL.com. nfl.com there we go
4: black tie
5: why emphasize, y- emphasize that l yeah
6: yeah on game the there is there is a
4: game of thrones um a draft of sorts a ranking by our pal patrick crawley now very available very fun i enjoyed the read at nfl.com yes uh Putting uh putting all the Game of Thrones characters where they belong. In the I NFL. Like, I like
5: uh, Patrick came up with the first pick in the draft is Jon Snow, who is the ultimate he's more that more of an injury risk than we just talked about Miles right. Jack. <laughs> he's either he's either your savior or he's dead. Yep. that yeah. Wide range uh, of busts. outcomes. Right. Boomer, Boomer boss prospect, there. prospect. Well, if he listen, if he comes
4: back, then he's the ultimate. He's a franchise Ironman. he's a franchise right. saver
2: right there. Yeah. Yeah, right. He's
4: who you want. By the way, Black Tie, as we jump into this conversation on our rundown here. Um, as you it can says see, spoiler alert. It says spoiler alert in red.
2: Yeah. In red. Everything else know. is in black on this What are we
4: spoiling? Possibly. Well, if some you're people, not up to
6: speed. Some people, hey, I didn't I start don't, watching Game of Thrones until season three. I binge watched seasons one and two. You never know who's about to be on the bandwagon. Right. Right. So just a, a heads well, up. That's
4: not my concern. We're, we're talking about season six preview. I have spoiler alert. We're going to talk about things that have already happened. So literally probably 300 days ago. That's well, finished. That's on them, Black Tie. That's not
2: our responsibility to worry well, about. Now we've, we've bandied this about enough that if anybody hasn't caught up on the right. show, they've turned yeah. the program off. I, thankfully, I got a
6: so. bigger bone to pick, though, with this article. Great work by Curly, but crying out loud, we did the Marvel and DC mock draft for like four or five writers. Crowley's out here just hugging the rock. You have Gehir who's read all the books. You have me who's watched every episode like three times. How about we get involved in this article, Patrick Crowley?
2: No, I think right.
5: I think probably well, did a great him, job. I helped him out with it a little bit. I, but helped, I also bit helped him out a bit too. Dave helped him out a bit. We didn't see you raising your hand, Black Tie, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> you're not normally oh. the first guy with your oh. hand up to help or something. Well, you're probably that's, working that's, on your
6: jump that's shot. That's the usual work. Right. If We're talking Game of Thrones. If you want to talk Game of Thrones, we can talk Game of Thrones. I don't know Thrones. that
5: we, you're not considered one of the top
2: ten Ugh. experts see, on that that's, in, see, in this that's
6: building. I mean, would you say that? Would you? No, Dave. I didn't even know
4: Black Tie. Is Black Tie one of the top ten in-house Game of Thrones? Oh, I would ab- go. I would
6: go top five. I would put Alex. I would put Alex Jaric, who's in the photo team and go her ahead of me and Christian Glenn because they all read the books. You think you uh, have a better next. grasp? Of Patrick the- no you? Patrick Claybon is By ahead of f- you too. Right. Well, Patrick Claiborne's well, read you, all the books as well. Patrick
5: Crawley, who we asked to write this.
6: N- uh, David no, and I have been discussing it on this show for many years. Not you years. guys. No, nope. I disagree. You, Black guy
4: no have a better handle on what Game of Thrones is all about. I have watched every episode
6: three times, and you guys, we've had conversations. Only for you. Kinda, no, they, People used to call him Young
5: Sansa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just
6: saying. <laughs> Just because I stay quiet uh, behind the glass doesn't mean anything. We can talk Game of Thrones all day. We well, doing.
5: next week when we've watched the first episode, we'll we'll get into it. All right. It. And if
2: you're, you're lucky, you might be invited.
6: Uh, I won't be in a rundown. Spoiler alert! I was
2: All right, say, if so you, you do want a good theory episode, you get Claybon, myself, and Alex Drowick up here, and then okay. we can dive deep into what's going to come and what we think. Oh, that, I mean, having read the books, but I, that's why I don't like it. the spoilers. But good. so, let me, just to clarify, where we are: the books have
4: now been completed.
2: There is no, for the most part, there are storylines from the books that have changed, and others that. I believe are going to surface that haven't surfaced yet that they're just waiting. So, but for the most part, the na- main narrative of the books, where most of the characters are, is has been reached with the show. Can I commend so the show society is into new territory? Society
4: deserves a pat on the back because the readers of the book did a great job, and I'm on social media and everything else. And I, no one really spoiled any. Well, in the book, here's what happens. I did hear a couple of vague things. Don't get too close to the red viper. I, I got a little bit of that kind of stuff before he got his eyes poked out. Is that the way it went
2: down in the book? Yes, that was exactly the way it went, which was sad because I thought uh, the guy, i kept forgetting his name, the guy they had play Oberyn was just fantastic. And seeing him, like, realize from the book, I was like, oh, man, yeah. he's tremendous. I was like, I wish you weren't going to get your face smashed at the end of the season.
4: <laughs> yeah, his head, he, uh, the mountain blew his head up. But it I really think, good.
2: to the credit of the book, uh, the book readers, they know the creators uh, – D.B. Weiss and David Benioff are huge fans of the books, too. And before they even got the blessing of George R. R. Martin to do the show, they had to, like, sit down well, with him, and he asked them all these questions about the books and what they thought was going to happen and things. So they had to prove their
6: fan and nerd metal yep. before they could even make the show. Yep. Don't,
4: just just yep. saying, yep, 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 Black Tie doesn't make you an authority <laughs> you on anything. I don't know
6: the question that uh, you know, made George R.R. R. R. say, okay, you guys can do the show. What's the main question he asked them? I know. He I asked them, who are Jon Snow's parents? And his, their answers, he was like, "Okay, you guys have my blessing. You can do the show."
4: Hmm. That's interesting. Yep. All right.
6: But, uh, anyways, so they they've done a great job,
2: and I'm curious, and I know they know where the story is going from George. They've talked with him, so I am very curious to see what happens in this coming season.
5: Right. How how Would much you, will you bother reading the books though? Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah, I still enjoy the books. Right. They're a little over long. I think George could use an editor to be like, take out this 600 words about food, and let's let's move on with the story. But they're still very good reads.
4: Is that has there been a major deviation in the TV show from the
2: book? Uh, Sansa is not married to Ramsay in the books like that. She's not She's not with him. You know how she's kind of saddled with right. him at the end of that season. That did not happen in the books.
4: All right. Let's get into it real quick. Bring everybody up to speed here. Handsome jump in as well. What do you think about Jon Snow? Last thing we saw, the last sight of the previous season was
5: Jon Snow being stabbed to death. By I don't think he's pals. gone. I think, I think Jon Snow will be back. But to what end? What do we want? We're going to root for a zombie guy. He's going to be like half oh, dead, think, staggering around, and he's our hero. No, no, no. I don't think he. I think. I think the Red Witch, who, whose magic so far has proved to be sort of hit hit or miss, I think. I think she may be able to bring him back to life because he has that royal blood or whatever it is she's looking for. She,
4: but what? So, what motivation does the Red Witch have to like? She John wants Snow. to attach
5: herself to a winner. She's a little bit like Jeff Fisher, in a way. She's like, I want to extend my reign here. Who can? How can I possibly? I'm going to trade up. I know. Up and I'll get a trade up one. and get a new one. <laughs> Poor,
4: that's great, that's what's happening. That's a great comparison. Poor Stannis Baratheon. You know, a year or so ago, Larry Fitzgerald. In fact, I talked to him about this at the Super Bowl. That's a name drop, <laughs> and I don't bring it up just to name drop, but I do like to name drop. But also, Larry Fitzgerald apologized because he sat on this show and announced about, whatever, a year and a half ago that he thought Stannis Baratheon was going to have this redeeming story turn and he was going to end up with the Throne of Thrones... And then we know that and, – and by the way, it looked good for him early on. It seemed like, oh, Baratheus Stannis has a heart. He's nice to his little uh, scale girl, his little scale daughter, and then he, uh, he allowed her to he be burnt, burned at the cross.
2: That is one thing that I do enjoy about – well, I mean enjoy. It's kind of a weird, like, visceral reaction. But you read the books, you really never know. You think you know where it's going, and George is really good at throwing you curveballs. Like, there have been a few times when reading the books I've actually wanted to physically throw them across the room. But that's <laughs> when you know you're invested.
4: Who's all right? Who predicted? Go ahead. Jump to the end of the book that isn't written yet. Who's going to get the throne, Gellhar?
2: I would. I would surmise that it's Daenerys or Jon Snow in, in some form or another. No, it's not Daenerys
4: because she's too, uh, she's too much of a Christ figure in these books, and they and that I don't think they would do that. There's a, there's the element of the underdog. I know most of these people are royalty, but she's imbued with basically magic powers and she has dragons it's a there the The book isn't going to end with the new york yankees winning the world series you know that she has everything in her favor she has a massive army of trained uh, you know killers and she has three drag or two dragons yes yeah, she, she it keeps, ain't gonna end she that keeps
2: way. taking her licks over there though now as we said before so the show she's separated from that entire said army and she still has to cross over and then take over Westeros as well. So
3: I,
4: You know what, though? It's got to be a Stark, doesn't it? After all the bloodletting of that family, don't we have to redeem that family by having Sansa or Arya or somebody like that get the Could
2: throne? Could be. I don't know. That's what's great about it. We not, have no idea.
5: Not to get too deep here, Dave, but in real life, in the real world, there's never a winner. The battle just keeps going.
4: Hmm. Is that your prediction that's for the show? That's my prediction. I
5: don't believe there will ever be a winner. I think the struggle continues forever and ever.
4: But in the underdog way, in the same that way that deep, Lord right? of the Rings. That was good. I like that. But in Lord of the Rings, they give it to the Hobbits, you know, because that's supposed to. They're, they're, the Hobbits came They with physically the w, right? are yeah. the underdogs. And so in the same way, Tyrion makes some sense
2: would be pretty I, great if he got on the throne but i don't yeah. i don't know if it's going to happen i don't
5: think so he either. might be the best ruler of all of them if he was on the throne yes. Maybe. smart he's kind of he's merciful
4: that's the better game i that the who's going to get the throne is one thing who's going to be left standing because they can't all be dead you know, well, I mean, everyone dies one. in the
5: end, Dave, not to get also, too deep
4: on Also you. true. Yeah, that's also true. Um, <laughs> Black Tie, go ahead. Tell us. We'll don't know on. who's
6: going to win. I do think Samuel Talley is going to play a big role in whatever happens. Who? Tar- Samuel Tarley. Yeah. Oh. He's a big I didn't know
2: who this he was is talking the about.
6: We he also mispronounced his name. He's oh, I just, such I just, an expert. I just, used the, I just said the R wrong. Cause
2: you, well, you're sitting next to Jeff Talley, so right. that's, yeah. probably why. that's probably why. I did get
5: confused there. Yeah, the I got accent. I an accent
6: sometimes. However, because – Be fun if, if Jeff Talley won. <laughs> Jeff Talley,
4: by the way, He's while we're having this Thrones. conversation, is whispering in my ear, what a bunch of nerds. <laughs> while <Well>, he runs <laughs> off every free second he has to go and watch Axel, 72-year-old Axel Rose puff and sweat through a set with GNR.
6: No, but he is going to be going to play a key role because in like season three or season four, there's a line that goes, "So you're like a wizard, huh?" I feel like that's going to come back and uh, you know pay dividends in uh, later seasons. All Thanks, right. Young Sansa.
4: So, well, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one there, Black <laughs> Tie. All right, it's time for Good Little We Can't Wait, and we'll uh, each week. Maurice Jones-Drew, by the way. Another diehard of Game he of really Thrones. He really is. I want to get him to do, on the show. Well, he wants to do a weekly He, wants to do a weekly he review. He's welcome of, to join us. So, yeah, we'll do that next. Uh, but I'd like him day. to be
5: in Game of Thrones is what I mean. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I would do anything to have MJD as a Game of Thrones character. Just a small bit. Like, he could be a White Walker. I'm pretty sure if we, if we went to George RR and we say, hey, um, can, you, can you help us out with our pal Maurice, I bet he could make it happen. All right, I do so think it's worth trying way. to do. Like, I think Maurice would make a great white walker.
2: Ooh, Ike Taylor, though. Ike. We could get Ike in there as a white walker. Ike could probably want some of the horns they can't speak too, the, that the other guy has. That,
5: that's a problem for Ike. What do you mean? Well, I don't, Ike would have to be quiet for a
4: Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Um, all right, so let's move on now. It is time for the all-time draft of 2016, presented by McDonald's Money Monopoly, all sorts of cash prizes, and otherwise, you go to McDonald's, you get the thing, you peel the sticker away, mm-hmm. and there you shall find your prize. Next week in Chicago, 32 prizes or 31, if I stand corrected, will be awarded in human form to NFL rosters at the draft. We're doing the same thing here. We're just expanding the possibilities. Really exponentially because instead of being able to choose from a pool of the current collegiate players, we are expanding it to all human beings for all of time, save the ones currently on NFL rosters like the Terminator teaches us. You can't be in two places at once. Beyond that, the rosters are as they currently exist in 2016. That means Josh Norman isn't on a team right now. However, he's not retired, so he's not eligible. The team needs remain the same as they are in 2016. And because we're evaluating these guys' as prospects, we ask that you look at Jim Brown coming out of college, not – as one of the all-time great running backs of all time. Uh. Joe Namath out of Alabama leaves uh, Tuscaloosa. We call him Sunset Joe, right? Sunset Boulevard. Joe Namath moves into Jeff Fisher and presumably will be the starting quarterback from day one. Sorry, Case Keenum. Dan Marino from Pitt goes to the Jets. I I like (sighs) that fit there. I hate it. it. You don't you don't like that. Uh you don't like Danny don't Marino like there. And the you Kelly think he's gonna be good and torment your dolphins for yeah. years to come, eh? Yeah. Jerry Rice went, uh where did Jerry Rice? Oh, he went to the Detroit Lions. I really thought that the Lions would do well to go after the kid out of Georgia Tech, Calvin Johnson, because he they went just to the Vikings. Yeah, he did go to the Vikings, but you know, it's a shame because, you know, Calvin Johnson just retired from the Lions, and they need to replace him with somebody. And I thought that kid at Georgia Tech would be a perfect fill-in yeah. for him. This uh, Megatron kid from yeah. from Tech, uh, Troy Palomalu went to the Bengals. The Steelers took Ed Reed, and so we are up to pick number 26. And where are we, got black tie there?
6: We're number twenty-six. Yeah,
4: I just said that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't have you know my list. The who's Seahawks number twenty-six? Seahawks are picking. Oh, the Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah, sorry. Of See? Well, I don't have my list in front of me, so I, I, I off the top of my head, I'm drawing a blank here. Who's who's uh, our who's on the scene in Chicago? Charles
3: Davis is in Chicago. Oh,
4: our pal Charles Davis also doing great work on Path to the Draft. Charles, what do the Seahawks need here?
3: We we'll pick number twenty-six. The Seattle Seahawks, who do pride themselves on being a complete team running the ball on offense, but playing great defense. They've got a decision to make. Do they try and get better in the offensive line? Do they even look to snag a running back this high in the draft, even though they had a guy who gave him some production last season? That's a possibility. But I do know this. They love their defense. And you have to get after the quarterback. I don't care where you are in the NFL today. That's why I think they go to Virginia Tech and get a guy by the name of Bruce Smith. And frankly, I'm stunned he's lasted this long in the draft, but he's there for the Seattle Seahawks. And could you imagine what they will do with that guy, the former Hokie, who knows how to get to the quarterback and can play the run a little bit as well.
4: Alex Gelhar, let's start with you. I certainly we, we know that John Schneider and uh, Pete Carroll like to uh, go defense and beef that up as much as possible, but they obviously have some needs on offense. Where are they going?
2: I I like the pick on defense getting Bruce Smith. Personally, I think they've that whole their whole run of success has been predicated on getting after the quarterback and playing good secondary on the back end. So I think Bruce Smith's a kind of a no brainer there.
4: Handsome, how say you? Dave,
5: there's a hole at running back for them. And I think the guy who can run hard, really, really, you know, imposes will on the opposition is a guy called Marshawn Lynch. Ooh, right. out of
4: Cal, right? Yeah. yeah, and Cal has a nice uh, stable of running right. backs that have succeeded in the NFL. I'm going to go down Texas way and say Earl Campbell Ooh. would be a nice pick here. All right, let's get to it with the 26th pick, the Seattle or the 20. Yeah, with the twi- Sorry, with the 26th pick. In the all time draft of 2016, the Seattle Seahawks select from UCLA offensive tackle Jonathan Ogden. Ooh, ooh. interesting. I like, you know, if this is what they're going to be and a passing team at least find that balance that we saw in the second half of 2015, this makes a lot of sense. Protect the franchise already, you know, Russell Wilson, teams get. A little bit loose with that. If you are the Packers with Aaron Rodgers or the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger, you can sort of ignore the offensive line because you've seen your guy be able to thrive in spite of that. So it goes with the Seahawks. But, you know, with Russell Okung moving on, I like this move here. He's a giant, too. I don't know if you've ever seen Jonathan Ogden. At number 27, Charles Davis. Lay it on us. What do the Green Bay Packers need?
3: It's time for pick 27, and you know, you'll know you hear some booing now because the hated Green Bay Packers are on the clock here in Chicago, and Bears fans don't like them mentioned no matter what. But frankly, for me, it's down to two positions for the Green Bay Packers at this point in the draft. A tight end who can make plays downfield. All right, If you're looking at maybe even a Mike Ditka at a pick, can you believe that? Imagine him showing up in a Green Bay Packers uniform, or maybe at a linebacker position, because they need someone in the middle who can control things and patrol, and maybe move some other guys back out on the edge where they deserve to be. Well, let's go ahead and make the pick then. Let's go down to Waco, Texas, because the pick I think they should make, played there for the Baylor Bears, an absolutely maniacal effort guy, a guy who studies the game as well as anyone, and you want people to hit? This guy will do that. Mike Singletary to the Green Bay Packers, Playing linebacker, that's the choice I would make. Run the card up to the podium.
4: I've heard good things about this Singletary character. They say it's all in the eyes. You just right. look at him. You're a Packers guy, gel I We're am. going to turn it over to you. What do you think I do? I would
2: love the Singletary pick. They just signed Jared Cook, so I think he can help in the passing game. Aaron Rodgers lifts everybody else better, and they're trying to move Clay Matthews back outside. Right. They need a smart, physical, fast presence in the middle, and I think Singletary would bring all of that.
5: Handsome. I don't know about Singletary. Can't win with him.
4: Can't, can't do it. Can't do it. I don't know. Maybe you can. Maybe you can't do it. I don't know. But the pick is in. The Green Bay Packers at number 27 select – From Pitt, tight end, Mike Ditka. This is fascinating. I think he's going to do well. He grew up in uh, the hard boiled town of Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. I think this will translate to the good people of Green Bay, Wisconsin. He will
2: certainly be a fan favorite.
4: Yeah. Mm. I think, uh, look out. I mean, you know.
5: Could have a career in coaching after he retires, I'm told. He's a a savvy guy as well. Savvy,
4: smart guy. All right. So there goes uh, Mike Ditka to the Packers. At number 28, Charles Davis. What are we looking at here?
3: With pick number 28, it's time for the Kansas City Chiefs to go up there and make their selection. And right now you've got to figure in their draft room, they're mulling over a whole lot of possibilities. Defensive line is a big-time spot for them. Charles Haley out of James Madison has been an intriguing guy that's really caught the eye of a whole bunch of people. Wondering when he's going to go in this draft because they see a unique blend of playmaking abilities from this guy. But I know the Chiefs. They like to throw the ball around a little bit. They love offense. If I'm them, I find one more receiver and say, we've got to be able to stretch the field and get deep. I'm going to Florida A&M University where Jake Gaither holds reign, and he always says he wants his players agile, mobile, hostile, and maybe a dash of speed. How about Bob Hayes, wide receiver, a running back in college? We're converting him and putting him out wide for the Kansas City Chiefs.
4: Not familiar with the names that he's throwing around there, yeah. but that's what happens at the back end of the first round. The James, uh, those, uh, those uh, highlights. of Charles Haley from pretty James good. Madison. Yeah, yeah, interesting. It's pretty good. Yeah, I, I liked seeing that. That was uh, yeah. that was a lot of fun. Well. Yellow on yellow. I encourage you, nay demand. Go check it out on YouTube or uh, NFL.com/slash/podcast. Handsome. What do you think uh, they should? Do? I think
5: a running back could be a good good one for them here. Jamal Charles coming off an injury. Maybe look to the future. Emmett Smith. And it's from Florida. From Florida, yeah, impressed me a lot. I think I think yeah. he's a guy that could
2: feels like a reach. You know, me. they they just re they just re up their other back up, backs in that backfield with Charkandrick West. Never Spencer have too Ware, many. so they've got they've got depth. I would rather see him get help in the passing game.
4: Uh, Black tie, lay it on me. Uh, you have to announce the pick from back there. I'm afraid.
6: All right, all right. With the 20th overall pick, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs select Bruce Smith.
4: Oh, they get Bruce Smith. All oh, right, there they exciting. go. There. That's, good that's a good pick there because with Justin Houston presumably gone for all of 2016, this is a team ready to make hay in the AFC. I feel. Right. I feel like they can really make a deep run. In fact, we're hearing talk from some of their players that they're going to cut it loose this year. They're going to open it up a little bit. Travis Kelsey, I believe, said that they're going to that they're going to take more risks in 2016. They just have to maintain the
3: high level that that defense has played at. I think that uh, – I think that, uh... I number 29, the oh. Arizona Cardinals feel like they what have a pretty there? stacked team, but there are always still a few spots to fill in. I mean, let's think about the tight end position because that's often a quarterback's best friend. An Ozzy Newsom out of Alabama or a Tony Gonzalez out of Cal, they both make a whole lot of sense. But there's also a, a, a prevailing thought that preparing for the next quarterback is something that Arizona ought to do. Bob Waterfield comes to mind. Norm Van Brocklin out of Oregon comes to mind. Those are guys that can fling the ball deep, and that's something that Bruce Arians loves to do to press the ball downfield and make those kind of big-time plays. But I tell you, the big guy, the guy that people aren't talking about who's going to be an absolute winner in this league, in my opinion, Automatic Otto, Otto Graham out of Northwestern should be the selection for the Arizona Cardinals.
4: Yeah, Bruce Arians. I'm in the sem- same headspace, but I'm gonna throw out another name. A guy who really throws a terrific deep ball is uh, Jamarcus Russell out of U, uh, out of uh, LSU. He might uh, do well in the in the uh, Valley there, Valley of the Sun. Handsome, what do you think?
5: Yeah, I think there's two ways you go. You either look for the quarterback to replace Carson Palmer, or you say we've got two, three more years. We're right on the brink. Let's get him some weapons. I like Tony Gonzalez at a Cal.
2: I would love the Tony Gonzalez pick personally. They've got three great wide receivers there already. Get another element over the middle and just light up the scoreboard right
4: well with the 29th pick in the all-time draft of 2016 the arizona Cardinals select wow how about this one from san diego state running back marshall fall all that they were very excited about uh, david, david johnson, johnson. Uh, he's
5: gonna be angry but maybe they
4: like the chris johnson element uh, before he got hurt in 2015 this guy is super fast i don't know how well he's going to run between the tackles but at the very least he's going to be a nice third down option for it all right let's get to the 30th pick there congratulations to that aztec marshall falk and at number 30 let's get to it carolina panthers big shakeup obviously without josh norman there where should they go charles davis
3: at pick number 30, the Carolina Panthers, they know how to have some success now. They want to be a black and blue type of a team on both sides of the ball. They want to rock them. They want to sock them. They want to pound it. And what they need is another running back. So I'm not even going to talk about other positions because to me, that's what they have to have. That's what they should go get. A Tony Dorsett would be absolutely fantastic out of pit. But let's go ahead and just, just throw all the rest of the names out. Let's go to one guy, the Tyler Rose out of Texas, Earl Campbell, because if you're gonna rumble, if you're gonna go in there and go chest to chest with people, Earl Campbell provides all of that. And by the way, at his size, he'll absolutely run over someone and then run away from everyone else. Earl Campbell from Texas, hand in the card, and make yourself very happy if you're a Carolina Panthers fan.
4: I like that a lot. Some people are projecting him. You mentioned the name Marshawn Lynch out of Cal. I think this guy is maybe even a better version of that, and he really suits that identity of Carolina. Earl Campbell would be a great pick there for him.
5: Yeah, maybe. I think, I mean, you look back to the Super Bowl, I think it was tackle was really where they struggled. Those guys were dominated uh, at the line of scrimmage. I think think possibly looking in that area, a guy maybe, John Hanna. Hmm. or uh, an art shell. I think there are, you know, there are, there's are some, still some great tackles on the board.
2: Personally, I was going to say Earl Campbell before Charles even mentioned it because if I'm a defender and I'm staring at a Cam Newton, Earl Campbell read option play Ooh. coming at me, that is something I don't want to be in the middle of.
4: Yeah, and th- and then again, you wonder now with the shakeup, do they go corner? Let's see who it is. At pick number 30 in the all-time draft of 2016, the Carolina Panthers select from Georgia, cornerback Champ Bailey. Oh, All of a sudden this talk of is he a system guy, is he a shutdown corner champ projects to be, in fact, a true shutdown corner in a league that doesn't have many of them, Mm -hmm. or if you listen to and Tomlinson – who I you know who has good things to say about a kid out of TCU named Ladainian Tomlinson? I bet he does. But <laughs> uh, analyst at the NFL uh, Network here, Ladainian Tomlinson says there are no shutdown corners. Champ Bailey out of Georgia threatens to uh, to expose that as untrue in 2016. We'll see. That's a that's a a fun one there. We're wrapping it up today, Black Tie.
6: Thirty first pick is up next. We got two more. We got two more
4: picks. All right. So at pick number thirty one, let's get to it. Then the Denver Broncos, world. Wait, Champion. these guys
5: won the Super Bowl and they've got the thirty first pick. Who has the thirty second?
4: The... I couldn't help it. I'm I, I'm a generous soul. I didn't want the Patriots to miss out on the fun. They're going to okay. be. But let's get to uh, Charles Davis. What do the Broncos need?
3: With selection number thirty one, the Denver Broncos are feeling awfully good about themselves, and everyone is immediately pointing to the quarterback position. Who do you go and get? I cannot believe that this guy from Notre Dame is still sitting out there, and that's Joe Montana. Great feat, good decision maker, very accurate thrower. But I know this. They won their championship on defense. So can you bring back a guy who knows how to hit people upside the head, whether it's in the rules or not, Deacon Jones? That's who I would go get because he's going to be an absolute force, a wrecking crew. And that's how they won before, and they'll go back to the same formula. Deacon Jones, defensive end, would be the pick if it were up to me.
4: What a, what a coup that would be that for all of these players available, two of them, if they do in fact go Deacon Jones, Two of those players would come from Mississippi Valley State. We already saw Jerry Rice from the same school go to the Lions earlier. Handsome. I mean, I,
5: like Deacon Jones it seems like a nice pick, but if you've got Mark Sanchez leading that team, I really don't think it matters who you've got on defense. I don't I think Joe Montana. Who is this Joe? Have you ever well, Montana, seen Joe Montana? Yeah, he's a crazy. little
4: guy. He's not, he's Wait, that's it's a huge reason. Somebody's you know, going to break him in, in day one in camp, and
2: I don't even think he has much of an arm. I'd rather them look at another guy from a smaller school, a bigger guy with a big arm, Brett Favre. Down in Mississippi, yeah, the Southern yeah. Miss kid, yeah, He's got a cannon. You put He's that up, s- you put that up in the thin air at Mile High Stadium. He's got a swagger, yeah, I like him.
4: Yeah, like let's that. Uh, maybe that the Denver Broncos at pick number thirty-one, Elway delivers the card. It is from Notre Dame quarterback Joe Montana. A good call, Charles Davis. That's good. Wow, well, I a mean, reach. I don't. Charles Davis must know something, right? Because w- 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 this is well, – well, listen, who am I? Am I an expert? I guess not, because this one just seems ludicrous. Not again. going back to the Super Bowl <laughs> anytime soon. <laughs> good, good, good luck. The Denver Broncos, this is the same team, mind you, that selected in the first round a generation ago, Tommy Maddox out of UCLA. How'd that one work out? Right, we'll see how this one does too. I, I, think, the, I think Broncos fans are going to be missing – Jake Plummer by the end of 2016 when they get a load of this guy. And at pick number 32, the Patriots may not have a pick in the real draft next week, but we couldn't help ourselves. Charles Davis, who should the Pates, uh, Pats go out and get?
3: Now, this has to be special for everyone here because we actually have a 30-second pick here in the first round. Our commissioner has directed us to tell, tell you that the New England Patriots are getting a selection in the first round. And every year we talk about the Patriots needing a wide receiver, And somehow they fashion together tremendous offense without actually going and getting that receiver. But Steve Largent, could you imagine going to Tulsa and getting him and putting him into the lineup and making people a whole lot happier throwing the ball downfield? But if the Patriots are true to who they are, they do like to control the ball on the ground, don't they? And there's a guy out of Kansas, a little bit of a different guy, but boy, can he tote the rock. And his name is John Riggins. I would go get him, control the football with Riggo, pounding it downfield. I think the Patriots fans would be very happy with that formula, maybe even hoist up another Lombardi trophy.
4: I like that pick. What the film I've seen on this Riggins uh, does seem like he would be a good fit right. there. Another Kansas ca- guy though would be Gail Sayers. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's more flash and dash, handsome. Where are you looking?
5: I, I think Largent fits what Belichick likes to do with receivers: get a get an undersized guy and make him work. The other the, I'm very surprised got a high motor. Right, Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Has he got surprising speed. He's got surprising speed. He uh, yeah, he's, he's he might be a slot guy, a
2: gritty player. Gritty brings his lunch pail to work. Exactly. Is he a
5: Wes Welker type? He's a Wes Welker type. You know Julian. Edelman. Uh, The other guy I'm surprised hasn't been mentioned at all. If we're looking at running back is Texas's Ricky Williams. I think that guy's going to be great.
2: Now, what about in terms of wide receivers? Yes, large and fits the mold of what they like to do, but what about getting somebody that gives them another element, like the kid out of Marshall, Randy Moss, can (laughs) run and jump out of the building. Gives them an element they don't have. You put him outside, Never you get all those guys I in don't the middle.
5: I not think it would work in New England.
2: No, I can't see him. In Belichick and uh. Randy,
5: and, and this
4: Randy Moss. Brady and him. Jelly.
2: I don't know. I think they they might be able the ones to mold him and uh, turn him into something great.
4: Isn't he a me guy though? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know who else from Clemson? Fridge Perry. You know they oh, really yeah. they still have some room. I could go for that. Yeah, that could be a good one too. All right, with the thirty second and final pick of the all time draft of twenty sixteen, the New England Patriots. Select. Who did they select? Black tie.
6: They selected wide receiver Steve Largent.
4: They go Steve Largent. They go. They did ahead and then do it. Steve Largent. Yes, that's a you know know who you are. I guess right. uh, This is what the Patriots are. Steve Largent. You know, I do. I know. Have I ever heard of him? No. Is that going to stop him from catching probably 110 passes a year? No, Tom Brady. Certainly no, not. Indeed. No, indeed. So, congratulations to all 32 teams. I like those old Tulsa uniforms. Mm, those, are those are sharp. Shows up on YouTube the as well. The golden rainbows. it before. Hurricanes. My favorite thing about the all-time draft is the old highlights of these guys in college. These, uh, these. As it turns out, we've been. It's been a ruse on you guys the whole time. What? These guys are actual Hall of Famers in the NFL. What? O- o- Almost everybody's selected here. I had never uh,
5: heard of any of them.
4: There you have the all-time draft of 2016 presented by (laughs) McDonald's Money Monopoly. (laughs) Go play that game while you wait to see who your favorite team actually selects in Chicago next week. And Alex Gellhart, tremendous time. Enjoy. um, Enjoy Game of Thrones. I shall. Enjoy NBA playoffs. You watching NBA or NHL
5: playoffs?
2: I'm trying to take in as much as possible, but there's a lot going on right now.
4: Handsome, you're doing neither.
5: I mean, not until the not until the NBA playoffs really get exciting in the last two minutes of the. You're final focused
2: game. in on your brew crew for Milwaukee. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, not really yet. <laughs> They're not great either. So,
4: um, all right. So, uh, so we will talk to you early next week. Then we're going to jump a plane. We're going to head to Chicago, and we're going to do a show from out there, from the site of the draft with Ike and Maurice and Matt Money-Smith and Handsome Hank. Oh, thanks. And we'll do, yeah, we'll do all I'll sorts of uh, good times there. Make sure you check out the NFL Fantasy Live podcast, available on iTunes and NFL.com slash podcasts. And as it happens, that's where all the podcasts are, including this one. Make sure you check them all out. We'll talk to you early next week. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans been a thin slice of heaven.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,